Poise for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now, here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the exit planning podcast show for business owners. Our guest today is a clinical psychologist and president of a family-owned business who specializes in leadership development, especially in the soft skills. We're going to hear from her in a moment, but first let's hear from our show sponsors, Data Marketing, Trustpoint, and Sunbelt Business Advisors. What we see with many businesses is that they've never gotten marketing to work consistently and the marketing they do doesn't meaningfully impact their bottom line. Data approaches it differently by partnering with clients for long-term, sustainable marketing solutions. They start with a consultative, crawl, walk, run approach that helps you scale your marketing efforts naturally. Data provides marketing for the long-time success of your business to tell your story in a compelling way and to make sure the value you bring is apparent to everyone. Go to data.com for more information. That's D-A-Y-T-A.com. Trustpoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Visit TrustPointInc.com for more details. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Hello, everyone. We are here today with Dr. Heather Johnson, president of Claussen Performance Group. Heather Welcome to Poised for Exit. Thank you so much, Julie. It really is a privilege to be here with you. I have been listening to your podcast now for quite a while, so it's exciting for me to be part of it. Fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm super excited about the content that you're going to be sharing with us today. Um, you know, We're going to be talking about how to guide employees through a business transition. We haven't really covered that in the show before. We've talked a little bit about leadership development, but it's always from the perspective of the business owner, like you and I talked about before Mm -hmm. the show. So, and I know that this is part of the work that you do. It's a very important part of the work that you do in addition to being a keynote speaker and so many of the things. So let's get into that. Um, But Mm -hmm. first, before we do that, could we just start off by you sharing um, a little bit about your journey and how you got to be where you are today. My goodness, you're a doctor. So 
It's got to be pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I certainly didn't plan for this path. I took some turns along the way. I, I think my start was somewhat similar to yours. I remember listening to your podcast with your sisters and resonating with some of the family business history there, because I also grew up in a family business. My dad had 27 department stores, and I don't remember ever not being involved in that business. He, he bought into that when I was just born. So I started working there. I'm sure as you did in yours from a very, you know, really early age, you don't even have to be able to walk or talk really before they put you to work. They always find something for you to do. So, so that's how I grew up. And, you know, as I, I finally entered the payroll at uh, 16 and once I developed some other skills, I would, I went from sales to chauffeur to doing all kinds of things. So then when I went to college, I went as a business major because my plan was to come back and continue with the family business in new ways. But, you know, you mentioned, I, I did get my doctorate in clinical psychology and that happened because I took a class in psychology in college and I, I was really intrigued by what makes us tick. You know, I mean, I, I had done all these store visits and, and I saw different stores run different ways, but with the same foundation and started really asking why, you know, why do people respond in different ways to different managers and that kind of thing. And, and so I ended up with a psychology and business major and then thought, well, you know what, a master's couldn't hurt and got my master's and then started to move the clinical route. and. Wow ended up with a doctorate in clinical psychology. And yeah, my plan was to start a private practice as a therapist. And then things happened and I got drawn back into the business world and part of Clausen Performance Group. And, and then using that to help leaders to help leaders develop and work with and through their people. So it was a long winding road to get here. Wow. What a background though. So your dad had 27 department stores and then did that evolve then into this leadership development practice? Because I know that this is a, right? Aren't you the the second gen owner of the business? I am. So when I was 18, we went through the transition that you helped so many people through and he sold the stores. And then he founded this business, but we first as a family had to get through this giant transition. Wow. I bet it was giant. It was. It was. So, so we're, you have a large family. How many siblings have you got? My dad actually has a large family, eight, and a number of his siblings were involved in the stores. I have a sister. Got it. So things so, were involved. Your sister was involved. That was a lot to unravel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so many different people. And, you know, I was, I was 18 when this happened and that gave me a, a unique perspective, you know, different from how you and I maybe work with our clients now mm-hmm. and, and help them communicate with a variety of different stakeholders. One of the things that I learned in retrospect, really, is that business owners 
don't just need to communicate with with stakeholders, with employees, and, and think about those things. A lot of them also have families, right. and those families are impacted. Big time. And yeah, I remember vividly when my dad told my sister and I that he was selling the stores, and my whole world turned upside down because <laughs> I had I had no idea how what life looked like, what a world looked like without that business. It's all I knew. Wow. So it's thinking about it as a business owner from these different perspectives is important. And I didn't, I didn't understand why I didn't know. Does that mean we're going to lose our house? You know, why are we selling this? Are we in trouble? What comes next? These are some of the things that the families of owners may, may ask about. And I remember my dad coming into my room one night and sitting down with me and saying, I hear you've got some concerns and then having that conversation. Yeah. So because I lived through that and I saw it from that perspective, mm-hmm. I, I talk about that now with leaders or with business owners too. It's the family's a big piece of this. It's a huge piece of it. And it's really great that you have, the capability of empathizing with owners who are going through it because they do, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I went through it myself too. And I remember when I got a phone call that we had an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah. And I had other ones, but this was the one. And I could just feel my my heart like rising up in my throat. You know, it really scared me. Like you just said, what 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 am I gonna do next? I was too young to yeah. hire. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when it, when it comes all down to it, then it's like, wow, this is going to be a big change. And so mm-hmm. you learned, you know, that side of it, the empathy side of it. And then as far as like the whole uh, transition experience for your family, for your dad, for the employees, how did all that go? You know, I can't remember everything because it's been a long time now, but I re- I remember, you know, when when we knew, when my family knew and when the employees knew, the first thing that often happens is this fear, the fear of the unknown. You yeah. know, the business owner has had a lot of time, and I know you recommend years that yeah. you start planning this. So they're thinking about it. They know they've, they've worked with a team. They know what they're doing. They know why, but all, all the rest of the people are, are shocked. So I saw that in employees too. And one of the things that struck me at the time, as I watched my dad communicate with employees, and again, I was one of those too, was how he communicated the message. You know, when he told us it had to be concise and it was because when, when the stress takes over, you're no longer listening. Right. Right. So you've got to be able to deliver that message very clearly, knowing that people are going to miss a lot of it. But more importantly, compassionately and with empathy and an understanding of how it's going to hit them. So you can also convey that you value them and that you care about them and that you're going to help them through it. And I saw that firsthand done extremely effectively. And then, then I also saw him help people who were there because it was a difficult market for, for looking for a job. And I saw him help people where he could, some of the leadership team who weren't going to be part of that new world, helping them find other positions. 
helping employees transition into this to the degree that he could. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Lots and lots of lessons learned there. So let's fast forward now yeah. and talk about the work that you're doing now uh, with all of that background that has to just be huge in the work that you're doing. Tell, tell us about your role yeah. at Clausen Performance Group and the kind of work that you do. Well, in general, you know, we're a leadership development firm. So we help leaders develop a wide variety of soft skills, as you mentioned before. When it comes to these kinds of transitions, whether it's a sale or just a big transition in a company, our focus is on the people side of things. And that often gets lost in the, the, you focus on the operations or the key performance indicators that help bring the price up. That kind of thing gets the majority of the focus. And I understand why, but the people piece of it can get lost. That's where we come in. So one of the things that we're able to do is help leaders understand the challenges that, that are inherent in any transition and help them overcome those challenges. And then we also help them with their communication. You know, influence is critical during these times. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've heard you and other episodes that you've done. Well, maybe you start with every episode saying that this is the biggest transaction most business owners will have. So rolling it out that, that communication, that first messaging where you tell people is also some of the the most important or highest stakes conversations right. that you'll have. And how you do that sets the stage for everything that happens next. Yes. So we help them not only have that, that clear, concise message that I said my dad was brilliant at, but also how do you deliver it in a way that people feel cared about? Not, not that they're going to get lost in the shuffle but you care about them and you want to help them through. Right. Not just the words. They've got to feel that. Right. And we don't want them to leave. Right. So yeah, huge fear that owners have. They don't want the people to leave. And, you know, sometimes they'll uh, implement many times they'll implement some kind of employee retention strategy, but most of the time that's just for the key people. That's not for everybody. Uh, But yet we've still a lot of key people that wouldn't be considered leaders that we don't want to lose. And so, yeah, that is a huge struggle with how do we actually convey this message and when is the best time to do it? Usually it happens after the sale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes is best, but not always, you know, sometimes letting them know ahead of time is, is best. So tell us about how this all works. Um, what does an engagement look like? And, and, and what are some of the obstacles that you're seeing some of these leaders actually have when you're engaged in, in these kinds of situations? Well, as you know very well, every single situation is different. Right. And it's about understanding that particular client's situation. Even, you know, I said that part of the communication has to be that people feel valued and that they're going to be taken care of during this. Yes. You know, in some organizations, that foundation of trust is not there. Mm Mm-hmm. And if that's not there, you're not going to suddenly be able to fake it as you deliver this message. Right. So, you know, in that situation, it's going to require something different than an organization or even a small business where you've got that 
that solid trust built up and people already know, but maybe need to hear it again. So it starts with understanding what is the company? What's the the relationship? How is morale right now? How is performance right now? What's the degree of change? There's a lot of a lot of questions that need to be answered before you can then say, okay, let's talk about how we move forward when we do roll out that message. And how much time will people have? I get that sometimes it's got to be, as you said, the best time might be after it's already happened. Okay. Yeah. And sorry, go ahead. No, go. No, I was going to say, if that's the case, then we still need to say, to what degree can we give people an opportunity to absorb this? Right. You know, how do you do it? Right. Yeah. It reminds me of a situation I was in with a client not too long ago um, where the, I, the owners wanted me to be a part of the meeting that they had with the staff to tell mm-hmm. the staff that they sold the business and the new owner uh, wanted to retain everyone. Um, mm-hmm. And usually how that goes right is that you lose the job with the old company because that company went away and then you reapply to the new company because that's the normal order of things, right? Um, yeah. but, 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 but applying and knowing that you're going to get rehired and sometimes the role changes, but they did a magnificent job telling the staff. And, um, and still, you know, you could see the reaction on people's faces of Mm -hmm. shock and fear and um you know just you could tell they were just the wheels were turning inside um and and so then you know they they gave me the floor and I got to tell a little bit about you know how this is going to be of great benefit to them and because of this company coming in and the style of the owner being such a good match to the values of the existing owners or the selling owners um that they weren't going to skip a beat in culture and um you know, the way things were there. So, and they haven't. Um, yeah. But still, you know, people are, like you said, they're making a decision is tough when you're, when you're feeling anxious and fearful, right? Right. And, and again, it goes back to what's the culture right now. So you can say all of those things. You can talk about the benefit. You can say people aren't going to lose their jobs, but if the trust isn't there, mm-hmm. they're not going to believe it anyway. So the question then is, how do you help people feel psychologically safe? Although that sounds kind of squishy, but they have to feel safe. If they don't, they go into self-preservation mode right. and the best people will start to look for other options. If they don't think they're going to have a job, regardless of what's said, they'll start updating their resume. They're going to look for other opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not easy, but you've got to make people feel confident and safe. Give us an example of what that looks like, Heather. Um, you know, when, when you're in these kinds of situations and you're working, maybe you've got a um, recent client story that you could share on how you uh, want to put that. Gosh, there are, there are so many of them. There's one that comes to mind that that illustrates how so many people feel as soon as they hear the message. And this happens to be a guy, his name is Seth, and he works for a a large telecom company. And yeah, they have reorganizations all the time. So change is nothing new, but some of them are bigger than others. And after a particularly huge one, not that long ago, he called me and he was spinning out. And he said, he said, I feel like they just picked me up, 
and drop me into this new world. And I have no idea where to go or what to do. And because it was such a big company, the communication happened all at once to a lot of people. So it wasn't very personalized. So there were tons and tons of questions and he couldn't find his bearings. And I, I loved the way he said it. I feel like I've been dropped into a new world and everything is different and I don't know what to do. So then I bring that up because that's very, very common. That's how people feel. So then it's the leader's job to help them navigate this new world. And there's a number of ways that they can help them feel safer or more confident. And, and, you know, one of them that comes to mind right away actually ties back to, I think it was your podcast last week. She was an HR professional and she talked about the, maybe using different words, but vision, mission, values, and, and expectations even, I, w- I would add to that. But one of the ways that you can help people ground themselves is if none of that's changed, reminding people of that. So at our core, we're still the same. Nothing's changed. And that can help enormously. And again, they're still going to feel like they're in this new world, but they've got some things that are the same. Yes. And in one company that I worked with, um, that again, they went through a a huge change and, and it was at the customer service level. So they were changing how they served customers in their call centers across the country. And the customer service reps were, again, kind of like Seth, they were spinning because it felt so big to them. And they hired me to develop a course for them to help their customer service representatives manage service calls differently. And and the reps felt like this was a total change. But as I was researching the company, I found kind of buried in their website, this story that believe it or not was from the 1800s. I think it was 1888. The company had been in business forever, Wow! but they'd gone through all these mergers and acquisitions and the name had changed, but still their roots were back in 1888. And I found this customer service story that illustrated how one guy in this company went above and beyond and provided this just exceptional service under really difficult circumstances. So I shared their own story in the beginning of this course to illustrate that, you know what, at our core, nothing has changed. Customer service and the customer experience is still their number one value. All that's changing is how they do it because we live differently now. And you, you could see the changes in people uh, and their facial expressions go from, I hate this to, oh, that's the same. And because it was such a cool story for them, they wanted to do more of that. And so it changed their perspective. For sure. So that's one way. You gave them something to, to um, something familiar to cling to, right? That's just it. And so if you can do that, it's, you know, cling to, I think of a life raft, but it's the same thing. Now they feel a bit safer. Right. Okay, great. What else can you do? You can listen. Again, the owner or the leaders, they've been working on this for so long, but to the employees, they've been blindsided. They're spinning. They have concerns. And if they, if you give them a chance to voice those, Mm -hmm. that 
helps them feel valued and helps increase that psychological safety. So that's another way. There's a number of things that you can do. Sure. And so would you say that it would be after the transition that you would um, create a space for people to to be able to voice their concerns, feedback, questions, um, whatever? Yeah, like more of an organized mm-hmm. format or do you, like, I suppose there's different ways that you do that. But I, I just think that's mm-hmm. great. We, we all, at, at, you know, at the, at the end of the day, as human beings, we just want to know that we matter. Yes, right? yes. We have to know that we matter and that we have a say in the matter. And however that looks, right, um, that we're and somebody, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes to your point, we do have a say, sometimes we don't, but right. we still want to say, here's right. how this is impacting me, Julie, you know, and you maybe say to me, you know, there's, we can't change that Heather, but I hear you. Yes. I get it. And I'm going to help you through this. Mm-hmm. And that matters. Mm-hmm. So to your question of when my recommendation is as soon as you can. So as soon as you let people know that this change or this transition, the sale is happening, you, you need to give them a little bit of time to let that sink in and their minds are going to be spinning. So they may not have the questions or the responses for you right then. So you give them a day or two to process saying, come back. And let's talk about this in two days or whatever that might be. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like a feedback event or, um, you know, I don't know, not a town hall meeting, but you know what I mean? Something. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It could be, formal, you know, yeah, it could be. It just, that's where you go back to. It depends on the company. If this right, is right. a small business and I've got three employees, then it'll be a different conversation. If I've got thousands of people that are impacted, Well, that's another thing. In fact, that reminds me, I had a vice president again of a large company and he needed to deliver this message of a big change during COVID. So to thousands of people. So think of where we were now. First year of COVID. I remember, right, we were maybe six to nine months in. So you think of where we all were collectively, psychologically, we're 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 trying to get our minds around what's happening to us during the pandemic and and we're stretched pretty thin psychologically already and now he has to come and he has to tell thousands of employees that there's going to be an enormous change in transition for him for them and he had to do it over Zoom which is that much harder and so what what we did is we worked with him to deliver that in this very difficult space, again, clear and concise, but also he had to connect with people. He had to show that he understood how hard this was going to be for them. And, and he did it. I mean, he nailed it. It wasn't just about the messaging. It was about how he delivered it. And they had to feel thousands of them at a time that he cared about them and then give them a chance in different ways. Okay, let's talk with this team and let's talk with in these ways, but let them know he would be there. Mm-hmm. And so would the next layers of leadership to help them. But it just I, depends. I, well, you know what I what really um, kind of jumped out at me, or you said this a couple of times now, is the cons- uh, having a concise message. Yeah. You know, we, when we're, kind of feeling a little anxious or a little bit nervous, sometimes we trip over our tongue 
and we we keep speaking and we keep talking and we're saying nothing and sometimes we say the wrong things and so having a planned a, a planful message concise not too long clear right yeah. no murkiness i love that i love that piece of advice i think um we could all really learn from that especially i mean we've all had to deliver messages that we really didn't want to deliver so thinking ahead and planning ahead on how that's going to roll out i think that makes a lot of sense well heather this has been mm-hmm. fantastic there's so much more that we could talk about um we'll have to have you back on the show again in the future mm-hmm. Oh, I would be honored to come back, Julie. I'd love it. Thank you. And I know that there are so many things that you do. You're you're not only a consultant, but I know you do a lot of speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, And you've got uh, a lot of different ways that you engage with business owners, large and small. I know you work with large corporations as well. So we are going to have information about how to reach you and your website in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you and get more information and um, ask more questions and things like that. Um, But in the meantime, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate your expertise. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Poise for Exit. Please share, subscribe, and join us again next time.